guys, it's Sitting Caroline, and we're tapping into episode three. Um, so with it being episode three and having a lot of listens and success with our first two episodes, Sid and I thought we would tell you guys a little bit about ourselves and about the podcast. Um, so a little bit about me. Uh, well, for Sid and I, we both got involved with the outreach board about a year ago, came on as junior members, which means we come to board meetings, give reports on what's going on with the local youth in the community. Um, We've gotten to speak at various donor events. Um, It's a really great role that has given us a great platform to do a lot of things. We've gone and spoken at school board meetings to advocate for um, mental health resources at the, in, through the school district and at the high school. We are going to be featured in a Mount Lebanon magazine article in the January-February edition. So we've been doing lots of exciting things through our junior board member role. But um, about me, um, I uh, I love to travel. My family and I have been to over... 25 U.S. states. Um, we just this summer went to Tanzania on a safari. Um, so we love to, I love to travel. Uh, love being outside hiking. I have a dog named Wally. He's my the most favorite part of my life. Um, and I have loved growing into this role as a podcast host too. Sid. Yep. Now it's my turn. Piggybacking off of what Caroline said, it's really been an honor to kind of branch out into the school district and into the high school and using our role, especially in student council, because we're both, we both hold leadership positions in our senior student council and on the executive board to bring mental health resources into the school and use our leadership roles to branch outreach and the school together. Um, And it has really been exciting to see those two things come together and advocate for mental health resources within the school. And more about me, like I said, I really love leadership and sports, and combining those two, I just committed to play lacrosse at Xavier University, so that's where I'll be heading the next four years, and that has taken up a lot of my life in the past lot of years. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So... The Like I said, this role as junior board members has given us this opportunity to start this podcast. It kind of started with a meeting probably eight or ten months ago with um, Mary Burks, the wonderful director of outreach. We were sitting at a table in the gallery and she was asking us what we wanted to do with our pla- our new platform and kind of like half kidding, half like totally out there. We were like, we could start a podcast and Mary and our wonderful behind the scenes director, Maggie took that idea and ran and made it a reality. And um, we have loved starting this conversation. It's a conversation that needs to be had and it is um, become something really great that we've gotten a lot of positive feedback from, from both teachers and the community and parents and um, peers so we're so excited to be doing this, so excited to, because fi- once we s- s- had the idea of a podcast, it took a while to get it into, uh, onto streaming platforms, but now that we're here, we're so excited to be on the role that we are on. So off of that, today we have with us um, Rachel Zoffer. Rachel, why don't you tell us a little bit about yourself and your experience with mental health work? Okay, so first I just want to say thank you for having me. Uh, it's a privilege to be with such two outstanding young ladies. And um, I will tell you first that um, I did a lot of um, 
of research in my past career in mental health field and that I, I first studied psychology at Penn State and then I went to graduate um, studies in George Mason in Northern Virginia. Um, then I found myself moving here in the late 80s and I had a unique job at the VA Medical Center and worked with schizophrenics and schizophrenic veterans and uh, later did a five years uh, with a bipolar disorder study in Oakland that was funded by National Institute of Mental Health. Um, and both of these jobs, I did a lot of structured interviews and diagnostic evaluations. And um, more recently, I worked as a behavioral specialist for adults with intellectual disabilities. And then lockdown came and I was able to volunteer with outreach doing some of the high school and middle school mental health screening. Um, that's how I ended up here today. So um, thanks again for having me. And um, I guess I should add, um, it's relevant that I raised two Mount Lebanon graduates and I'm married to a Mount Lebanon graduate. <laughs> All right. I'm a mom. Now to break the ice, we're going to do the fast five with Caroline, me, and Rachel. So our first one that we have is mint or fruity gum. Rachel, you can go first. Mint? Yeah, me too. And me as well. Um, our next question is summer or winter? I'm definitely a winter girl. What about you, Sid? I love summer. I would never trade it for anything. I'm definitely summer. <laughs> yeah, <I hate> the <laughs> cold. Me too. Yeah. Okay. Um, still or sparkling water? I'm definitely still. I can't stand bubbles in my water. <laughs> Same. I love still water. Oh, I'm such a bubble girl. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> our next one that we have is Chocolate or vanilla, anything. Ice cream, just anything in general. Chocolate. <laughs> I am torn on this one because I feel like you can have... Nah, no, nah, I'm going chocolate. Mm, I have to say vanilla. Um, our last one is hot or iced coffee. Hot. <laughs> I'm iced. I'm always iced. Yeah, winter, ice, summer. Yeah, no matter what, no matter how cold it is. <laughs> All right, now we are going to cut to an ad before we get into it from our generous sponsor, St. Clair Health. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. Okay. Thank you for that ad. And now back to Rachel. We have our second question for you. When can kids discern between normal teenage feelings and something more being wrong? Um, okay, so for research purposes, we adhere to strict diagnostic criteria. But in the real world, you know, like feelings and symptoms are on a range, a continuum. It makes sense, right? Like, like sometimes when you're sad, you're just a little sad, and sometimes you feel so low, like things will never get better. Yeah. So we, we use scales to describe symptoms to understand how enduring, how serious or disruptive someone's symptoms are in their daily life or um, functioning. Um, so, yeah, because you might feel some depression, it can be normal, and all people feel symptoms of depressions at times. And sometimes it might be brought on because something happened, like a loss or a stress or a traumatic situation. And sometimes it could be chemical, like hormonal or brain chemistry. And, you know, teenagers have so many life stressors as well as physical and hormonal changes. Uh, one or both could be causing anxiety, depression. And I mentioned these two um, because they're the most common. 
And I don't need to mention that teenagers are in a unique state. You're developing your sense of identity and your sense of self. And then every situation is kind of new and challenging. And that they, everything seems to trigger an emotional reaction, right? Mm-hmm. And I know you said you're a mom. Like, has raising your kids and then turning around and, like, working with teenagers just, like, has that changed your perspective on anything just like uh, in general regarding mental health or anything like well, that? I mean, I certainly had some extra insight being in the field. So when my kids dealt with anxiety and, and um, you know, one of them is really intense, you know, type A has to everything right. Yeah. I, I kind of could discern whether she was really having depression, anxiety, or whether she was responding and, you know, so that helped. And then working with behavioral supports also helped. Although, you know, when it, you're it, it, with your kids, sometimes you don't step back and go, yeah. oh, I'm putting my clinical hat on. But um, so your friends, you might see somebody who, you know, like has a breakup and cries. Like, you know, so they'll have sadness for a day or so and they're still participating in their usual activities um, maybe not sleep well, doesn't have an appetite or feels hopeless. And you might say, well, that's kind of normal. Mm-hmm. Um, but then you imagine if they're doing that for weeks or months and then you say, well, there might be something else going on. So that's when someone has a true clinical diagnosis, they'll endorse more than just one or two symptoms. It's usually a cluster. And then and of course, if someone's talking about death or suicide, then you should always take it seriously. And um, even if you think it might pass, it's good to let somebody know, or an adult maybe, for them to check it out. Yeah. Yeah, I think one of the key parts, like, in my experience with both my own mental health and that of, like, my peers is, you know, when it is really starting for a prolonged period of time to interfere with your day-to-day normal life, um, when you're not being, when you can't do the things that you once did that, um, in a way that, can really help you get through your day-to-day life. Like when it's, when things like getting out of bed start to be difficult or when, you know, going to school is like debilitatingly makes you, or, or makes you like debilitatingly nervous or, um, and I also think the other tough part about it is people are so, um, like the part about discerning between what's wrong, something truly being wrong and something, you know, just a bad day is hard because, the way that um, terms like anxiety and OCD and depression get used kind of like adjectives mm-hmm. these days makes it especially difficult. Like when someone's like, you know, cleaning their room and like, oh my gosh, I'm so OCD, you right. know, that makes it kind of, it kind of loses the value that it feels like it really has when it's, um, when it's being thrown on these, these activities or these behaviors that are not really, um, like quote unquote mental illness. So I think that makes it harder to discern between, like I said, normal teenage behavior and something more being wrong. And I know Caroline said that like she's had experience when like her emotions have gotten intense and as have I, and we've both had the privilege to see therapists and work with our parents and work with anyone who was there to help us. But mental mental health diagnoses and the ability to see a therapist is obviously a privilege um, what advice can you offer people who, for one of the reasons or another, does not have access to these resources? Uh, well, 
you're right. It's it's not everybody has the ability to see a private psychiatrist or a private psychologist, and um, but we don't want anybody to go uncared for. Like if you had a fractured foot, we weren't going to let you hobble around on it till in pain. So uh, places like outreach is there for you. It's the community, and uh, it has a minimal fee for, and you know they'll make it affordable for everybody. So I'd first recommend reaching out to your guidance counselor at school. Um, and, and really they can assess how, you know, how much trauma you're feeling or, and give you some guidance into what would be the best next move for you. Um, and if you don't feel, if you're more comfortable with somebody else in your life, another adult or a teacher or an aunt or a pastor or a rabbi, you know, you, they'll sure be more than happy to listen and guide you to where you might get other resources. Um, the other thing I was thinking is that, a journal is a great thing, a great resource for young people because then they can see the, the, the patterns of their feelings and they can also feel a little bit more in control of it. Mm -hmm. Sometimes when you put it down on paper and you look at it and it you can put it aside for the moment, but you also can use that as a, a, a good um, frame of reference when you go to see a counselor or a therapist and say, look, this has been happening to me for a month or this is really kind of how I felt at the moment, but now I'm feeling better. You know how sometimes you yeah. can see somebody is like, well, I don't really feel like that anymore, <laughs> but I really felt like that yesterday. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, that's kind of a nice tool that I would recommend. And then in emergencies, there's hotlines. So that's a good thing mm -hmm. for people to use. I know I used to do hotline counseling at PAR, Pittsburgh Action Against Rape. And that's great for crisis moments or anybody who's maybe had sexual assault. And there's all suicide hotlines. So I'm pretty sure if you Google hotlines, yeah, the they area, come right up. You yeah. can find that. And that's great for emergency if you don't have a family member or somebody to talk to. Yeah. And I know Caroline and I were talking the other day um, about journaling, actually. We asked each other if we journaled. And I know yeah. Caroline does her like one line a day. Really? Yeah. yeah. Well, like, it's like, uh, it's, it's like only yay big, but it's, Every it has like all the dates, and it has like a little space for each year. Five, it's five years, and I'm at the point where I've been going at it for over a year. So like seeing, I'm in such a different place now than I was a year ago, and really seeing that growth is really gratifying for someone in therapy or not. I mean, just being able to see like, oh my gosh, this is who I was, and this is where I was, and this is you know what was going on in my life a year ago, and uh, this is where I am now. So you know when you're able to see that personal growth it's really um really meaningful speaking of years we would like to cut to an ad from our generous sponsor st Clair health for sponsoring this year of the podcast at st Clair health we're always improving building on our commitment to face the challenges of today making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together st Clair health expert care from people who care all right. Um, so speaking of outreach in particular, we are so fortunate to have this um, very unique resource in our community. Um, and I think one thing people don't realize it is that it is a kind of meet you where you at where you're <laughs> at um, payment system where you know if you are seeking therapy. Behind, not I don't want to say behind your parents' back because that sounds awful, but if you're seeking therapy independently because you know, not everyone can tell their parents for one reason or another, they'll help you with that. And Maggie, you might be able to chime in here, but 
are you, you can come without a parent's signature when you're 14 or 16. Yes, that's right. In the state of Pennsylvania, a child can consent to counseling services at the age of 14 without consent from a parent or guardian. Yeah, so that's another awesome tidbit is that you can come here without your parents having to know at 14. Um, and I think just getting, I mean, this is a very publicized resource outreach, but the more people that know about it, I think the more help we can do for people. Mm-hmm. Um, Rachel, or, uh, Rachel, I also wanted to ask you, you mentioned that you have done like hotline work and um, you know, all, all your work with, schizophrenia and bipolar disorder how have you managed to take care of yourself while you're um kind of listening to other people grieve their or air their grievances that's a really interesting question and i when i was in college not to be too personal i had family situation that was very stressful very upsetting and i chose to go industrial organizational psychology with business minor because I didn't think that I could handle anybody else's problems. Um, but I guess things resolved. And um, I th- when I got to Pittsburgh and I found myself in a clinical setting and doing clinical work, I loved it. So I, I don't think that I ever had the, a, a moment where I wasn't able to, to focus on somebody else. I think you're just able to put your own feelings aside. So I think I didn't realize it at the time, but you know, you go into this field because you really care about people and you like to listen and, and because it's natural to you. So I think just like people go to work every day when they're in a bad mood right. and they have a problem, usually they go to work and, you know, or if somebody's an alcoholic, that's like a bad comparison. Right. They are able to function at work and then they go home and do something yeah. else. So yeah. Yeah. I don't think that's, I think good. that's a really valuable perspective because you know, a lot of times people don't want to, I mean, I think this is more with it with peers and seeking like professional help. People don't want to tell other people what they're going through for fear of adding their problems to their, this other person's plate of problems. But I think, you know, that's one of the be- best things you can do for yourself if you don't have, um, access to, you know, higher level resources. It's just talking to the people around you. Just, mm-hmm. I mean, just getting that, those, like, you know, I, I know when I personally was like going through different episodes of anxiety and depression, I, you just feel crazy when it's all inside your head. And, you know, when you talk to other people and you find people that are going through the same thing that you are, you can feel like some of that weight is lifted off of your shoulders, which I think is Uh, really important and with all of these conversations like flowing around like you said sometimes there is this like intrinsic want to hide all of your mental health problems and there is a really big stigma around talking about mental health um as well as adding to other people's plate so what do you think the best thing is that people listening parents teens mental health professionals community members etc can do to both destigmatize the conversation around mental health and just like combat it in general um i was was surprised to hear you say some of that because it is so much more accepted in my view than it was in my day Mm -hmm. i mean today this morning i was listening to the today show and they had a a a famous singer songwriter talking about her anxiety and her mental health or bipolar disorder i forget which one it was yeah Uh, and I just thought to myself, what, you know, there's another person just talking about it on TV. That didn't used to be. So I, but I, I think 
and maybe in your age group, is it still, do you, do you feel differently about somebody if you know that they're having treatment or problem or a diagnosis? Do you feel I think it's about not them? even feeling differently about them. It's them feeling differently about presenting themselves yeah. to others. Okay. And I also think, I mean, like being in treatment myself, I wouldn't feel different. But I think there are certain people that, like, you don't, like – you just know them to not like approach the subject with. And I also think, I mean, granted I'm a girl, but I think the problem is still very relevant among guys. Like they, they are not going to talk to someone about it. They are not likely to seek help. Um, But I think, I mean, I can't imagine what it was like when, you know, 50 years ago, given that, I mean, granted it's like, I'm not, Uh, I don't think people are as ashamed to talk about it, but I still don't think there's the understanding, especially between, you know, like, uh, like kids and authority above us, like teachers, school administration. I mean, granted guidance counselors are awesome. And I do have some awesome teachers that do get it, but I think, you know, like it's not normalized to take a mental health day from school. Yeah. The same as it is a sick day. Well, I definitely agree. There's, there's, way more room for improvement um you know i just i think we have to keep the conversation uh, educational and um i think we need to talk about mental health just like we do physical health and physical problems so i mean i think um when you present a program to the students you should also um you know about physical phys ed or Mm -hmm. health it should always be hand in hand um you know the body and the mind should be treated the same and um, I think that when we, I like the saying about um, depressions like the common cold, the mental yeah. illness, that I think we should um, talk about it that way. And um, maybe instead of dealing with emotions in a reactive way, like only when we're having a problem, we should talk about mental health proactively, regularly, and be mindful of things that are stressful or detrimental to our mental health, just like we talk about healthy food for our bodies. Yeah. Yeah. You know, yeah. when we talk of holistic health, like you, you can't really have a healthy body without the healthy mind and vice versa. I mean, they both mm-hmm. are work together Definitely. very closely. Yeah. Um, so one last question, Rachel, that I think you can offer us a very valuable perspective on is um, if someone appears to be struggling with their mental health, whether it be a peer or a coworker or, you know, for our adults, a, you know, whoever they are living with or their kids, um, how can someone gently approach the subject to make sure they're okay? You know, I think there's kind of this like, well, I don't want to offend them and be like, you're seeming depressed lately or, you know, um, just be like, what's wrong or whatnot. So how, how can you start that conversation? Well, um, I think timing is important and listening without judgment is important. So I would, you know, make sure it was a time that they felt comfortable and uh, people want to be heard and feel connected and make them feel safer. So I talk to them and say, basically, how are you? Mm-hmm. And, you know, open the door. And if you notice that they, or say, I've noticed that you've, seems a little different. Do you want to talk? I'm a good listener. And, and don't try to solve their problems. But just try to listen and mirror so they know you're hearing them and you're listening. And then check with them back regularly. So yeah. not just one and done, but, you know, that they'll know that you're actually seriously right. I think kind of watching out for them, which is nice. And yeah. then, you know, guide them if they're, if they, you think that they could benefit from the more resources and, 
Yeah. You know, especially if they're if they doing anything that's dangerous to themselves or others, then you have to really get somebody involved. Yeah, yeah. especially like if they're keeping it private to themselves and won't tell you if something's wrong. Um, like I feel like that's when you need to get more resources involved and it's bigger than you and them. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a yeah. real issue. Yeah. yeah, and I think that's the other thing that people need to realize that it's okay to seek treatment. Yeah. Yeah. All right. So after that last question for Rachel, we're gonna go to another ad from St. Clair Health. At St. Clair Health, we're always improving, building on our commitment to face the challenges of today, making an impact on the communities we serve so we can be stronger together by creating reliable resources that recognize all of our neighbors with access to the highest quality healthcare, advanced care close to home, and a shared humanity that delivers on our joint vision to create a healthier community for all. St. Clair Health, expert care from people who care. All right, uh, to close out the episode, Sid and I want to take this in a little bit of a different direction and shout out our wonderful behind the scenes coordinator uh, Maggie Zangara she has been she's the program manager at Outreach and she has taken this podcast in um on with grace and <laughs> patience and strides Sid and I are two, patience yes Sid and I are two very busy girls um we are hard to get a hold of we um she has taken all of our ideas and turned them into a reality and we are just so so grateful to have her on our side you know Sid and I come once a month and talk for a couple um for an hour or so and then you know give Maggie some input um once a week but she really does all the behind the scenes stuff getting this up on Spotify getting this wherever you're listening um and we are really this would not be happening without her so we just want to say thank you and speaking of being thankful we're not only thankful for Maggie but We're thankful for all of you, and we want to wish all of our listeners a very happy holidays, which with whatever holiday you're celebrating over this season, Um, and I think that's all that we have for this episode, so thank you for listening again, and have a nice holiday break. The next time we talk to you, it'll be 2022. The views and opinions expressed in the Teens Tap In podcast represent the opinions of the hosts and their guests. The views and opinions expressed by Outreach Teen and Family Services employees, donors, and volunteers are their own and do not necessarily reflect the view of Outreach Teen and Family Services or the show's sponsors. The content here should not be taken as counseling advice. The content here is for informational purposes only and because each person is unique Please consult your mental health provider or physician for any mental health counseling or other medical questions. The podcast should not be used in any legal capacity whatsoever, including, but not limited to, establishing a standard of care in a legal sense or as a basis for expert witness testimony. No guarantee is given regarding the accuracy of any statements or opinions made on the podcast. If you find any error in any of the content of the podcast, please contact us at podcasts at outreachteen.org. Outreach Teen and Family Services, its sponsors, donors, and partners expressly disclaim any and all liability or responsibility for any direct, indirect, incidental, special, consequential, or other damages whatsoever arising out of any individual's use of 
reference to, reliance on, or inability to use this podcast or the information presented in this podcast. Please go to www.outreachteen.org to see the complete notice and disclaimer for the podcast episodes.